talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No but wait wait I have something for him Boom you get shot down Now you just fucking me aren't you <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast Concentrate on the news it's what we do Wow <laughs> FY there's nothing wrong <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria, and sitting to my left is my brother Josh. Yo! And then sitting directly in front of me is the one and only Achi. What's up? Why does he get the, the only one? Because he's the only one in Achi. And I'm the only one that's <laughs> Josh! And if you guys haven't noticed, today we're, gonna ha- we're doing another roundtable episode. We've been kind of hectic over here at the Weird History Eerie Tales pod, so we decided to take a week off and just f- said, fuck it, do a roundtable episode. We're actually recording this pretty early compared to our- Early as fuck. I should have been sleeping. To our usual. We usually do it on Friday nights. Now we're in a- Sunday morning. Sunday early. morning. I have my coffee here. Sun- Let that sink in. Sunday morning. But Achi brought us breakfast. Hell he yeah. You're welcome, time. stupid Josh. <laughs> Give me a stupid ass order. It's a <laughs> <laughs> explain to us what happened. So, tell him the story. So I'm not. I, I don't really eat McDonald's. I don't go to McDonald's. The only time I weirdo. get the fuck out of here. The only time I go to McDonald's is just to get breakfast. And or so or I tell the guys, guys. I tell the guys the day before. All right, guys, I'm bringing over breakfast. What do you guys want? So that way I can make the order. <laughs> so you know Moses actually wants food, and so he he got the breakfast deluxe. And this motherfucker over here. I wanted food too, but he was like, I sent you a hey, uh, order a order a Big Mac, twenty piece chicken nuggets, and a chocolate shake. Look, first of all, Zach, <laughs> all right, I doubt I sounded like that sending that text, but I'm glad. Well, that's how I felt like after I freaking made that order. So then I go to McDonald's and I order that. Keep in mind it was early in the fucking the morning because obviously we're getting breakfast. This guy had no idea, and I had no idea. I I tell. The cashier, the order, and she really, really, really wanted to stop me before I even said anything else. <laughs> but I went on and finished my order, and then she proceeds to say, Sir, um, we actually don't serve that during breakfast. <laughs> and uh, in my head, I was like, Fuck you, John. <laughs> so Fuck I got him. You. I got him. But at least I'm nice enough, and I freaking actually brought you some breakfast. Yeah. You're welcome, well, stupid. No, that would have been funny. You're like, Hey, you, or- well, you ordered, we didn't have, like, <laughs> they couldn't, didn't have in stock. <laughs> they ran out, bro. It's like how the ice cream machine always fucks up. Well, I have to win on that because we already know who's going to win here. And also, we have a correction. 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 What's up? The first time we played. Josh won, no? I, I didn't win. I didn't, I, no. he, he's never won. Yeah. Well, well first of all, don't <laughs> say it like that. <laughs> Loser. Okay, don't point Loser. at me like that. Loser. Fuck. Renee won the first one. Oh, that's right. Who you the get, fuck's Renee? Because you guys rock, paper, scissors. That's true. Yeah, and he told me about it. He's like, he what tell you about <laughs> it? Hey, uh, <laughs> just throw it out there. Uh, I won the first one. <laughs> yeah, he won. Fuck Renee. Shout out to Renee. Get your shit straight. All right, so before we start, I want to say the rules of the game. There's rules? Yeah, it's Josh loses. Damn. That's rule that, number one. That's not. All fuck. Right, so you each have one minute to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Easy. We go over the answers at the end of each question. Each question is worth one point. If you feel like you've been falling behind, don't worry. After every second question, there will be a riddle. That's fucking him. 
He's always trailing. And then you give him, well, if you get this one, you get 80 fucking points. <laughs> and then he gets that fucking question. And then I'm salty. But here's where things change from last time. Okay, okay. The person with the least amount of points at that point when the when the riddle starts will get a chance to answer first. Oh, I see. So it, wait, wait, wait. What? So he, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Explain it to us, Hachi. So if I want to go for the riddle after the second question, right? Yeah. Every after every two questions. But, but he's supposed to be trailing, right? Isn't that what you said? Whoever's trailing gets to answer first. Oh. They they get. So oh, let's I, say let's say I want to do the riddle, but I have more points than you do. You get the opportunity to answer the, the riddle first before he, me. I thought he said if you're trailing, you can ask for the riddle. Oh no! No, that's that's why I first. I was like, uh, wait, then, uh, duh. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. So regardless of who asked, the person who has the least points gets to answer first. Basically, there are four riddles, okay. and each one is worth three points. But there's a catch. You have one minute to answer the riddle. If you cannot answer it or answer it correctly, it becomes open to the rest of the group. And then the rest of the group, well, the other person has a shot to answer it. If by any chance no one can answer the riddle, the riddle dies. You can't go back to it. Unlike before. Fair enough. I like that one better. Fair enough. There you go. So that way, in ca- that way when I win, uh, you know, fair and square. That. And fair for and our square. listeners, too, fair get your pen and paper ready. Fair and square, he said. If no one has any questions. You only win because of the bonus points, all right? Let's get that shit straight. <laughs> well, let right? the game Fuck. begin. All right, let's do it. Fight! Fight! Where do monsters love to take a swim? Oh, shit. Wait, is this a riddle or is this the first question? <laughs> it's the first question. What the? Where do monsters love to take a swim? Do we... Just write down your answer. Write down our this one. This one. How's this easy? What multiple choice are easy? This is a fill in the blank. This is one of those dad jokes that I got from my Halloween book. God. Ah, fuck. Where do monsters love to take a swim? To take a swim. You guys have thirty seconds. Fuck. Uh. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't fucking laugh. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You don't get to he gets to laugh like you. See his answer. I already we're, lost. We're, we're both gonna get him wrong. Don't even try. Alright. So get for wrong. number one, where do monsters love to take a swim? Achi? The Deadpool. See, that was that was more creative than fucking me. Josh? Monster Lake. <laughs> what? There might be a, a lake named Monster Lake and left fucking uh, swim. I'm a laugh for if that's actually the right answer. So for number one, where do monsters love to take a swim? The Dead Sea. Damn, that was close. <laughs> so number two. Nowadays, Abracadabra is a word used by magicians and stage conjurers when performing their magic. However, the phrase abracadabra has had a lengthy history as something else entirely. Which of the following has abracadabra had a lengthy history as? 
A, protective amulet, B, lucky charm, C, an expletive, which is basically a curse word, or D, a code word used by the Templar Knights when discussing Mary Magdalene. You guys have one minute to answer. C as a curse word. Uh, Abracadabra! How funny is that? I believe it. It's not funny. Jaywalking was considered a curse word. What? Yeah. What? A long time ago. The the reason why jaywalking came to be, sorry for interrupting the quiz, yeah. Yeah. was because jays was a bad term. So if you're walking, the walking jays, that was like a bad term for people who would cross the street. Ah. Oh. Thanks for wasting my fucking 20 seconds of bullshit. <laughs> Fuck. So what are the answers again? Okay, so I'm going to repeat everything. <laughs> so Abracadabra is a word used by magicians and stage conjurers when performing their magic. However, the phrase Abracadabra has had a lengthy history as something else entirely. Which of the following has Abracadabra had a lengthy history as? A. Protective amulet. B. Lucky charm. C. An expletive or a curse word. Or D, a code word used by the Templar Knights when discussing Mary Magdalene. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. The phrase abracadabra is a word used by magicians and stage conjurers when performing their magic. However, the phrase abracadabra has had a lengthy history as something else entirely. Which of the following has abracadabra had a lengthy history as? A, protective amulet. B, a lucky charm, C, an expletive, which is a curse word, or D, a cold word used by the Templar Knights when discussing Mary Magdalene. Did you just change your answer? No. It's the second one. Achi, what do you answer? D. D, a cold word used by the Templar Knights when discussing Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Josh, what's a. your answer? A, protective. A, a protective yeah. amulet. So, if you answered A, or B, you're wrong. You are correct. Oh. The phrase abracadabra was used as a protective amulet and lucky charm. So here's a little backstory on that. It's or the, the the origin for the word abracadabra is kind of unknown. But Kabbalists, which are which is a student, interpreter, or a devotee of the Jewish Kabbalah, were using it in the second century to ward off evil spirits. In the Middle Ages, many people many people believed wearing parchment amulets with the word abracadabra written in the form of an upside-down pyramid would cure fevers, toothaches, warts, and a variety of other ailments. It would also protect the wearer from bad luck. So this person would write the word 11 times. And the reason they would write it 11 times is because 11 is a master number. With the number 1 being about leadership, optimism, positivity, and initiative, so 11 multiplies these attributes to a higher power. So dropping one letter each time, the idea was that as the word vanished, so would the ailment. An amulet of this sort was attached to linen thread and worn around the neck. It was usually worn for 9 days and then discarded. The best way to do this was to toss it backwards over your left shoulder, call back to our superstition episode with the salt, before sunrise into a stream that flows from west to east. The reason for this is that the left side was believed to be related to the devil. Tossing the amulet into a river that flowed in the direction of the rising sun symbolically banished the evil and replaced it with the good created by the rising sun that banished this darkness. So for the longest time, the word abracadabra was used as a lucky charm or as a protective amulet. 
later on as shit gets twisted it just became this magic phrase of abracadabra Mm -hmm. and three amazing pokemon oh shit abracadabra alakazam oh come on here's another fun fact too oh shit (laughs) i got our logo from that from the abracadabra the abracadabra is an upside down pyramid and every time and, and every time you would say it, it would get smaller so like I, I always like the way it looked so that's why our logo is inside an upside down pyramid and as the words go the words it's shrink yeah. see so when you wear our shirts listeners you guys get it's a protective amulet hey. good luck fucking charm mm. alright so we're two questions in which means we're gonna go to our first quiz what? So the right first, now, first riddle? Quiz. The first quiz. Oh, first riddle, my bad. First riddle. What the fuck? Bro, this is like our third quiz. So yeah, Josh is up. So Josh is in the lead. No surprise. Uh-huh. Who's trailing at first? <laughs> uh, th- uh, um, mm, mm, mm. Okay. So. So then I get first pick. Here's our first riddle. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Shit, don't look at me, motherfucker. I don't got the answer for you. Damn. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Okay. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? Hmm. You have 30 seconds. Can I write it down? Just in case he Go fails. For it. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay. So, poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. Archie, what is it? I'm blank on this one. I got nothing. <coughs> All right. Josh, take Josh, do you think? <laughs> A heart. A heart. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. That actually, that actually doesn't make sense, sort of. Kind of, kind of, right? Except for the last part. People have eaten hearts. People don't die. Well, yeah. But the answer? What is it? Nothing. People ha- nothing. Poor people have nothing. You die. Rich people, rich people need nothing. And if what? you eat it, yeah, rich people don't need nothing. Rich yeah. people need it. What do they need? Nothing. Oh, okay. I guess. And if you eat it, you die. If you eat nothing, you die. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> All right. Alright, we'll go to question number three. At least Archie didn't get it. <laughs> so you can't say shit anymore because he's in the lead. He's in the lead on For now. the first riddle. For now. It's it's like fucking Mario Kart. I'm always in first the first two fucking laps and then And then the last one Archie's gonna come out with some blue shell bullshit. That's true. Blue shells, seven red we, shells. Because anyone below fifth place gets priority. Yeah. You get blue shells, you get you. stars. That's you. Golden mushrooms. So number three. Which one of these following drugs was... <laughs> you, you, you okay over there? I was going to drop the fork. He's going to drop the coffee? I was taking drugs. Oh. Which one of these following drugs was medicinally used and actually prescribed by doctors? A. Heroin. B. Tobacco. C. Bath salts. Or D. Crack. Damn. So, which one of these following drugs was medicinally used and actually prescribed by doctors? A. 
Heron. B. Tobacco. C. Bath salts. Or D. Crack. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. So, which one of these following drugs was medicinally used and actually prescribed by doctors? A. Heron. Heroin. B. Tobacco. C. Bath salts. Or D. Crack. Achi? Heron. Heron. B. Tobacco. If you answered D. A. Heroin. You are correct. Nice. I got it right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nice. Yeah, I remember that one. I think... Didn't they do that during war? But Or that will, or something like that? Well, I'm, I'm going to get into oh, it. Okay, 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 okay. Get, hold your horses, bro. It all facts about to hit you. It all started in 1898 when Heinrich Dresser, working for the Bayer Pharmaceutical Company, spotted the commercial potential for diacetylmorphine, a white crystalline variation of morphine first synthesized in 1874 by London chemist Charles Romley Wright. He performed several tests and declared this new compound a non-addictive substitute for morphine. This guy thought heroin was less addicting than morphine, which at the time, morphine was widely used as a painkiller and an efficient way to treat respiratory diseases. With tuberculosis, with tuberculosis and pneumonia, the leading causes of death at the time, heroin, which is a sedative and it slows down breathing, it gave patients quick-acting relief. Bayer, the company Heinrich worked for, claimed the treatment made them feel heroic, giving the drug heroin its name. Wow. It was soon marketed as a cutting-edge cough medicine and cure for morphine addiction. Doctors were quick to suck heroin's dick and praise this new drug with the Boston Medical and Surgical Journal declaring it possesses many advantages over morphine. It's not hypnotic, not addictive, and there's no danger of acquiring a habit. That's what they said about heroin. The market at that point was flooded with heroin tablets, heroin gels, and even cough syrups. Old people were using it for pneumonia. Mothers were giving it to the young children to sleep. Damn. And during World War I, British women could order a special package from a high-end shop in London containing heroin to send to their boys at the front line. But then, to the world's surprise, doctors began noticing the ugly side effects of heroin, with some claiming it to be a poison and others claiming their patients were building a huge and large tolerance to the drug. But it wasn't long until addiction and a huge surge of heroin-related admissions to hospitals rose to ridiculous heights. Bayer stopped producing the heroin in 1913, and in 1914, it was banned. But by then, shit was kind of out of control. Like, for example, in 1924, 94% of the criminal drug addicts arrested in New York City were heroin users. 94%? The Dangerous Drug Act was, soon, was signed soon after banning the use of heroin except in medical, in, except in medical applications where it continues to be used 
today. Mm-hmm. On to question number four. <laughs> On April 30th, 1945, Hitler was warned by officers that the Russians were only a day or so away from overtaking Berlin and was urged to escape. Hitler instead chose suicide. If you believe in this theory, Hitler and his wife swallowed cyanide pills. Hitler was was burrowed away in a refurbished air raid shelter that he'd been repairing for months. After swallowing the cyanide pill, Hitler then shoots himself with with his service pistol, ending his thousand-year reign, his thousand-year Reich. So it's been more than 70 years since this glorious day. So which of the following was placed at the at the location of Hitler's death? A, a memorial commemorating the event. B, a cyanide dispensary. C, a children's small playground. Or D, it's just an empty lot. 5 4 3 2 1 0 So on April 30th, 1945, Hitler was warned by officers that the Russians were only a day or so away from overtaking Berlin and was urged to escape. Hitler instead chose suicide. If you believe in this theory, Hitler and his wife swallowed cyanide pills. Hitler was buried away in a refurbished air raid shelter that he'd been repairing for months now. After swallowing the cyanide pill, Hitler then shoots himself with a service pistol, ending his thousand-year rake. So it's been more than 70 years since this glorious day. So which of the following was placed at the location of Hitler's death? A. Memorial commemorating the event. B. A cyanide dispensary. C. A children's small playground. Or D. An open lot. Josh, what did you answer? Oh, fuck. Um, C. A children's small, small playground. playground. Same. C. <clears throat> small playground. That's right. It fell together. If you answered... D. C. You are correct. <laughs> yeah, I remember that Shit. they said something about um, they they really don't want to remind anyone about anything that has to do with this. So they just put something freaking random as fuck there, which is Charles Baker. So by the afternoon of his suicide, Adolf Hitler hadn't seen the sun in over 10 days. He had been living in a concrete bunker 28 feet below the ruins of Berlin. There was a time when the dictator was able to walk his German shepherd, Blondie, in the gardens above. But during those last days, the advancing Soviet artillery had made that impossible. Hitler shot himself with a pistol the following afternoon. In accordance with his wishes, his corpse was doused with gasoline and cremated in a shell crater just outside the bunker exit. 68 years later, Berlin is almost unrecognizable. The chancellery has been replaced by a kindergarten and a Chinese restaurant. The bunker, now half demolished, is sealed beneath the parking lot of a beige apartment block. And the cremation site lies under a weird polychromatic children's slide that the modern art-hating Hitler would have abhorred. So they threw like a little fuck you to him. He was a little art snob. So for those of you that do not know and believe in this, if you believe in this theory that Hitler died through suicide, Here is a loose timeline of Adolf's last moment in the bunker. So at 1 a.m. Theory that someone. Well, because when people think he didn't die, he did die. He maybe he escaped. So Mm -hmm. if you believe in this theory, that the fact that he 
swallowed the cyanide pills and he ended up killing himself this is a short timeline of his last moments alive because there's uh 2013 one of hitler's last surviving bodyguards did a tell-all book mm-hmm. him telling everything that happened and he says he physically saw hitler's dead body after he shot himself because he was one of the last people after hitler killed himself and he he before he killed himself he told everybody after we kill each other start burning everything on your way out and he was one of those bodyguards so according to this bodyguard these are hitler's last moments at 1 a.m the field marshal william reports that the entire ninth army is encircled and that reinforcements will not be able to reach berlin at 4 a.m major otto heads for the bathroom only to find dr haas and hitler's dog and hitler's dog handler fritz feeding cyanide pills to hitler's beloved german shepherd blondie Hayes is apparently testing the efficiency of the cyanide pills that Hitler's former ally Himmler had provided him. The capsule works and the dog dies almost immediately. At 10.30 a.m., Hitler meets with his general who tells him that the end is near. Russians are attacking the nearby city. His general asks, what do we do when the troops run out of ammunition? Hitler responds that he will never surrender Berlin. So his general asks for permission, for permission to allow his troops to break out of the city as long as their intentions never to surrender remains clear. He said, go for it. At 2 p.m., Hitler and the, woman of the, and the women of the bunker, his short, stinted wife, Eva, Trotty, and other secretaries sit down for lunch. Hitler promises them that he'll give them vials of cyanide if they wish to use for them. He apologizes for being unable to give them a better farewell present. At 3.30 p.m., roused by the sound of a loud gunshot, Heinz Lynch, who, who has served as Hitler's valet for a, over a decade, opens the door to the study. The smell of burnt almonds wafts through the door. Braun and Hitler sit, by, sit side by side. They are both dead. Braun has apparently taken the cyanide when, while Hitler has done the deed with a service pistol. At 4 p.m., Lynch and other residents of the bunker wrap the bodies in blankets and carry them upstairs to the garden. As shells fall, they douse the bodies in gas. Joseph Gibbles, minister of propaganda, kills himself tomorrow. Meanwhile, he holds out a box of matches. The survivors, the survivors fumble and finally light the corpses on fire. They head down to the bunker as they burn. So those are Hitler's last moments. Damn! And they, they never actually found the body, right? There's different weird things to that theory where if he did kill himself, there's some where he was cremated and then they never found it. And there was other things where they found where they found a shitload of bodies that they never actually were burned. And I think it was like two or three years after the fact that the war ended, they were able to f- say, oh, this is Hitler because of his teeth. Mm-hmm. So there's no one knows what fucking happened. Each theory has its own like theories on what happened and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ready for riddle number two? Hell yeah. So then we're tie. So the rock, paper, scissors and shit? Flip a coin. Flip we a coin. Flip a coin. Where's the fucking die? We just said flip a coin. We usually have a die here. No, actually, no. We'll just treat it as a question. You guys write your answers. Okay. And you guys both reveal it to me. Okay. okay. All right. So riddle number two. A man was shot to death while in his car. 
There were no powder marks on his clothing, which indicated that the gunman was outside the car. However, all the windows were up and the doors were locked. After a close inspection was made, the only bullet holes discovered were on the man's body. How was he murdered? A man was shot to death while in his car. There were no powder marks on his clothing, which indicated that the gunman was outside the car the whole time. However, all the windows were up and the doors were locked. After a close inspection was made, the only bullet holes discovered were on the man's body. How was he murdered? You guys have 30 seconds to answer, starting now. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. See what you put. <laughs> He's not lucky. So a man was shot to death while in his car. There were no powder marks on his clothing, which indicated that the gunman was outside the car. However, all windows were up and the doors were locked. After a close inspection was made, the only bullet holes discovered were on the man's body. How was he murdered? Achi? I think the gunman shot the man outside of the car and then put the body inside and just, just locked it up. Okay. Yes. Blank! I went fucking blank. I, I, I don't know what. The answer? It's something stupid. I swear to fuck. The victim was in a convertible. <laughs> it sucks because I have a convertible. You do have a convertible, you... <laughs> Damn um, it. At least we're still tied. <laughs> what do we stay tied the entire game? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the way to break the tie is a rock, paper, scissors. And I still win. Damn. Are you going to let him talk shit? I'm ignore. Uh, I'm still stressed about this fucking red. Are you fucking kidding me? A goddamn convertible? <laughs> You enjoyed this, didn't you? You can hear that in the mic. You picked it up on the mic. It's a fat ass thumb. All right, question. April, can pass me So move on. Now let's move on to question number five. Yes, please. Fuck. So we all know the catastrophe of Pompeii, largely thanks to Pliny the Younger who provided a first-hand account of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. So in August 24, 79 AD, Mount Vesuvius literally blew its top, spewing tons of molten ash, volcanic rock, and sulfuric gas miles into the atmosphere. A firestorm of poisonous vapors and molten debris engulfed the surrounding areas, suffocating the inhabitants of Roman cities, Pompeii being the most famous one. But there was a city that was located closer to, man, to Mount Vesuvius that we don't really speak about when this volcano erupted. Compton, bro. <laughs> and its effects on this city were borderline unbelievable. Which of the following was an effect of Mount Vesuvius on this closer city? A. Nothing. The, the eruption flew so high up that it completely went over the city. B. Everybody in the city's heads exploded. C. The residents were trampled from animals fleeing this explosion. Or D. 
all of the above. So we all know it that, can't, be, can't D. be D. If A is nothing, so it's either you're dumb or we're dumb. <laughs> Get her done. Get her done. So, I guess. Fuck. So we all know Pompeii. Okay. It was fucked by this huge volcano. Yeah. What people don't talk about is there was a city closer to the volcano than Pompeii. Something unbelievable happened in this city. Which of the following was an effect? A. Nothing. The eruption flew so high up that it completely went over the city. B. Everyone's heads exploded. C. The residents were trampled from animals fleeing this explosion. Or D. All of the above. When you guys are done, put your pen and paper down. I don't know. Key word is unbelievable. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. A can be unbelievable. So can B. But I want C. So I chose. Oh shit. I chose C. Alright, so. Just fucking destroyed. So, we all know the catastrophe of Pompeii largely thanks to Pliny the Younger, who provided a first-hand account of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. On August 24th, 79 AD, Mount Vesuvius literally blew its top, spewing tons of molten ash, volcanic rock, and sulfuric gas miles into the atmosphere. A firestorm of poisonous vapors and molten debris engulfed the surrounding area, suffocating the inhabitants of Roman cities, Pompeii being the most famous one. But there was a city that was located closer to Mount Vesuvius when this volcano erupted, and its effects on the city were borderline unbelievable. Which of the following was an effect of Mount Vesuvius's on, of Mount Vesuvius on this closer city? A. Nothing. The eruption flew so high up that it completely went over the city. B. Their heads exploded. C. The residents were trampled from animals fleeing this explosion. Or D, all of the above. Josh, he said C. The residents were trampled from animals fleeing this explosion. Achi? I got something more unbelievable than that. Nothing. A, nothing. I was hoping there was death. <laughs> Watch it be like, all of the above. <laughs> if you answered A, B, the whole, their heads exploded, you are correct. Um, sir, can you provide your sources? So Italy's Mount Vesuvius is infamously is infamous mainly for erupting so hard on Pompeii's face that the entire Roman city remained buried in ash for the next millennium and a half. What you may not know is that the gods were actually merciful to Pompeii compared to the horror that went down in Herculaneum, Herculaneum which was a smaller city situated closer to Vesuvius when it started spewing magma everywhere. What happened in Pompeii was your classic end-of-the-world scenario. Huge cloud of smoke, people running for their lives, and blanketing ash. Herculaneum, on the other hand, experienced a full-blown supernatural horror movie due to them being hit with superheated pyroclastic flows of molten rock, mud, and gas, which is the scientific way of saying their fucking heads exploded. The human skull is loaded with liquids, and if you heat it up super quickly, Boom, your head explodes. Everyone in the city was hit by a cloud of gas with a temperature of over 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in less than two tenths of a second. 
the skin vaporized, the brains boiled, and the skulls exploded. <laughs> with no warning. Well, that's pretty fucking unbelievable. <laughs> One, yeah, <laughs> but I think the gods were merciless on them. Two tenths of a second? Yeah, they didn't feel anything. They don't feel anything. These motherfuckers on had suffocated. Yeah, Pompeii. Oh. So, yeah, that's true. Damn, all right, so we're still, still tied. tied. Yeah, I guess. Fine. Still tied. I knew something like this might happen, so we're throwing another riddle for years. Riddle number three. I'm fucking trash at riddles, dude. Dude, me too. Every time I was I was, I was doing this, every time I think of I'm looking at these riddles, I'm so fucking, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not doing these. I'm fucking stupid. Cause I would, yeah, let's see. Round two. Riddle number three. All right, let's do it. There is an old horror house that has no electricity, no plumbing, or no power of any sort. You go inside and you see three doors. Each door has a Roman numeral on it. And each door is a way for you to die. What? In door number one, you die by getting eaten by a lion. Door number two, you die by getting murdered. And in door number three, you die by electric chair. You cannot turn back, so you have to, you have to go through a door. Which door do you go through? Door number one, you get eaten by a lion. Door number two, you die by getting murdered. Or in door number three, you die by electric chair can't turn back so you have to go through a door which door do you go through five four three two one zero there's an old horror house that has no electricity plumbing or power of any sort you go inside and you see three doors each door has a roman numeral on it and each door is a way for you to die door number one you die by getting eaten alive by a lion door number two you die by getting murdered. And door number three, you die by electric chair. You have to go through a door because you can't turn back. Which door do you go through? Achi, you seem very confident. What do you answer? What I door do you go through? Number three, electric chair. Rush? Electric chair. I, I chose the door where you came from. Actually, but you can't go back. Can't yeah, go you back. can't go. I thought you meant you can't go back after choosing the door. No, you can't go back. Okay. Well, I guess I failed that one. Right? You, have, you have five seconds. Choose one. Well, the obvious one was that one. All right. So why was it obvious? There's no power. Yep. Anything. So you that's can't die I mean. by an electric chair, but that seemed a little bit too fucking obvious. Yeah. You choose door number three by electric chair. You survive because it's an electric chair and there is no electricity. Holy shit. I expected more. <laughs> Sometimes they're just that obvious. And we're back. Three points. You guys have five apiece. I don't like tiebreakers, so we're going to do another riddle. <laughs> Are we still tied? Do you like tiebreaker? I don't mind tying. A man and a woman live peacefully in a house together. But one day, the woman shoots her husband. She then holds him underwater for over five minutes. Finally, she hangs him. God damn. But ten minutes later, they go out and enjoy a wonderful dinner. How is this possible? 
A man and a woman live, live peacefully in the house together. But one day, the woman shoots her husband. Then she holds him underwater for over five minutes. Finally, she hangs him. But ten minutes later, they go out and enjoy a wonderful dinner together. How is this possible? <laughs> Don't tell me you heard this one before, you fuck. No, I just... Yeah. I think I have the answer. You guys have 30 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Stop, man. Don't <laughs> fidget like that in front of me, you fuck. I'm trying to think. How's this? All right. I would have been so, I would have been so mad if I was on your guys' shoes. Probably yeah, but it's not my answer. It's too long to write, so I'll just tell you why. Alright, so a man and a woman live peacefully in the house together. But one day the woman shoots her husband. She then holds him underwater for over five minutes and finally she hangs him. But ten minutes later they go out and enjoy a wonderful dinner together. How is this possible? Achi, the man is not the husband. They're two different people. All right. Wait, can you repeat the thing? A man and a woman live peacefully in a house together, but one day the woman shoots her husband. She then holds him underwater for over five minutes. Finally, she hangs him. But ten minutes later, they go out and enjoy a wonderful dinner together. How is this possible? So Achi, you say the man is not the husband. Two different people. Two different people. That's. All right, Josh. I'm done. I. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say one, the holding him underwater five minutes, after they were bathing underwater, holding each other, uh -huh. shoot shooting a lot of love to each other, <laughs> hanging <laughs> hanging his clothes, hanging out, yeah, hanging, and then they go out and have dinner together. But now after hearing this guy's rational fucking goddamn fucking answer, uh, I feel dumb. Yes, the answer. The woman is a photographer. Oh my god! God, <laughs> son of a! <laughs> she shot a picture of her husband. Right. Developed it underwater, and she hung the picture up to dry. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, thank you all for listening. This is stupid. <laughs> this, is, this is stupid. I hate myself. Damn. Question number six. <laughs> it's still time. <laughs> still time. The Romans at one point in history were the powerhouse of the world. With territories around Europe, Africa, and Asia. With some of the most famous rulers of all time. Julius Caesar, for example. Due to the Roman Empire's vast extent and long endurance, the institutions and culture of Rome had a profound and lasting influence on the development of language, religion, architecture, philosophy, and law. One of the few things that isn't really talked about when it comes to the Romans is the importance of sex to their culture and how horny they all really were. Pompeii, after all, was basically the sex capital of the Roman Empire. Sex for most Romans was undoubtedly gratifying, but it was also a duty. It was probably more gratifying for the men and more of a duty for the women as they submitted to serial childbirth. Women were basically a production line of babies and this was to maintain the family line and keep the battlefield of farmland stocked with recruits. 
So with sex being such an important part of the Roman culture, hygiene must have played a huge part in the Roman ways. So which of the following was a weird but common practice for Romans and their hygienic ways? <laughs> a. My expertise. It was mandatory that Roman women shower six times a day. B. The Roman Empire outlawed pubic hair. C. Romans used piss to brush their teeth. Makes sense. Or D. The people of Rome would shower in public as to be seen showering or else they would face a heavy tax for not showering enough. So for the Romans, sex was a huge thing. And when it comes to sex, hygiene was probably important. Which of the following was a weird but common practice for Romans and their hygienic ways? A. It was mandatory that Roman women shower at least six times a day. B. The Roman Empire outlawed, outlawed pubic hair. C. Romans used piss to brush their teeth. Or D. The people of Rome would shower in public as to be seen showering or else they would face a heavy tax for not showering enough. You guys have 30 seconds to answer and when you guys are done, put your pen and papers down. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. So question number six. The Romans at one point in history were the powerhouse of the world with territories around Europe, Africa, and Asia. With some of the most famous rulers of all time, Julius Caesar, for example. Due to the Roman Empire's vast extent and long endurance, the institutions and culture of Rome had a profound and lasting influence on the development of language, religion, architecture, philosophy, and law. One of the few things that isn't really talked about when it comes to the Romans is the importance of sex to their culture and how horny they all really were. After all, Pompeii was basically the sex capital of the Roman Empire. Sex for most Romans was undoubtedly gratifying, but it was also a duty. It was probably more gratifying for the men and more of a duty for the women, as the women were submitted to serial childbirth. Women were basically a production line of babies, and this was to maintain the family line and keep the battlefield and farmland stocked with recruits. So with sex being such an important part of Roman culture, hygiene must have played a huge part in the Roman, in the Roman ways. So which of the following was a weird, but a common practice for Romans and their hygienic ways? A. It was mandatory that Roman women shower six times a day. B. The Roman Empire outlawed pubic hair. C. Romans used piss to brush their teeth. Or D. The people of Rome would shower in public as to be seen showering or else they would face a heavy tax for not showering enough. Josh? I chose D. Like always. Yeah. The people of uh, Rome would shower in public as to be seen showering or else they would face a heavy tax for not showering enough. Hachi. C. Brushing their teeth with pee. See, Romans use piss to brush their teeth. The answer is C. The answer is C. Romans use piss to brush their teeth. You are correct. Fucking A. They're freaking gross, bruh. When left out too long, urine decomposes into ammonia, which is a great cleaning product that takes out stains easily. The Romans would use both human and animal urine as a mouth rinse that helped 
whiten their teeth. That's not the only gross shit the Romans used piss and shit for. Wait, so this was after the piss has been have been left out for cool. It's not like, hey, let me take a piss real quick and you. Not for this instant. Uh, not for uh, brushing their teeth. Okay, but they used piss and shit for other reasons. They used piss and shit for making their togas bright and colorful. The ammonia in urine was also used to clean togas in a place called a fullery. The first stage of cleaning involved men jumping up and down on the togas in large vats with piss inside. So basically they were just a human washing machine. While the second stage often included dirt or ash. Both helped dissolve grease that accumulated on the togas and made them bright again. They also used piss for curing diseased animals. From the Roman author Columbula comes some suggestions for using human urine, this time for veterinarian for veterinary purposes. Sheep with bile issues were given human piss to drink, while those with lung issues were given urine through the nose. Sick bees could also be given human urine, and a bird's flu was cured by putting warm urine on their beaks. They also used this shit for tanning. The Romans frequently used urine and dog shit, sometimes even human shit, in tanning, for tanning. But they also used it for making leather. A good long soaking urine would help remove their hair from the pelt. And then feces were ground into it and sometimes hours at a time. The enzymes made by the bacteria in the feces softened the hide, making it more comfortable. They also used it. They also used shit for fertilizing their fields. This was also known as night soil. Fertilizer made from human feces can help plants grow, but it can also help spread disease. The Romans used human feces and urine in their gardens as the organic portion of the shit, and then the nitrates, phosphorus, and the potassium of the urine nourished plants. This was such a common practice that the Roman times had poop collectors. Their whole job was just to go house to house collecting shit and piss. Imagine how horrible it must fucking smell. <laughs> Walking around these fucking. Oh, Achi is in the lead. Question number seven. One day in 1877, a man named James Jumper Wide. He misjudged a jump by a little too much and fell under a moving train. He worked for the Cape Town Port Authority Railway Service and developed a habit of leaping from one railway car to the other, even when the trains were moving. He survived, though the train had severed both of his legs at the knee. Devastated but not disheartened, Jumper made himself two new legs out of wooden pegs, and he took a job at a different station but despite almost having no legs, he was still having trouble. One day, Jumper met Jack and decided he would hire him to be his new work assistant. Eventually, Jack learned how to push Jumper to work in his wagon, switch train signals, and even had to conduct and even hand the conductor their keys. Who is Jack? A. A monkey. B. A large blind bodybuilder. C, an elderly beggar with dementia, or D, a retired war veteran who was missing half his skull sustained from a war injury. 
So one day in 1877, a man named Jumper Wide, he misjudged the jump by a little too much and fell under a moving train. He worked for the Cape Town Port Authority Railway Service and developed the habit of leaping from one rail railway car to the other, even when the trains were moving. He survived, though the train had severed both of his legs at the knee. Devastated but not disheartened, Jumper made himself two new legs out of wooden pegs. He took a job at a different station and he constructed a woolen trolley, woolen trolley to help him get around. But despite, after, but despite having almost no legs, he was still having trouble. One day, Jumper met Jack and decided he would hire him to be his new work assistant. Eventually, Jack learned how to push Jumper to work in his wagon, switch train signals, and even, had the con and even hand the conductors their keys. Who is Jack? A. A monkey? B. A large blind bodybuilder? C. An elderly beggar with dementia? Or D, a retired war veteran who was missing half his skull sustained from an injury. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Who is Jack? A, a monkey? B, a large blind bodybuilder? C, an elderly beggar with dementia? Or D, a retired war veteran who was missing half his skull sustained from an injury? You guys both done? Yeah. So question number seven. One day in 1877, a man named James Jumper Wide misjudged a jump by a little too much and fell under a moving train. He worked for the Cape Town Port Authority Railway Service and developed the habit of leaping from one railway car to the other, even when the trains were moving. He survived, though the train had severed both of his legs at the knee. Devastated but not disheartened, Jumper made himself two new legs out of wooden pegs. He took a job at a different station, he constructed a wooden trolley to help him get around, but despite how having almost no legs, he was still having trouble. One day, Jumper met Jack and decided he would hire him to be his new work assistant. Eventually, Jack learned how to push Jumper to work in his wagon, switch train signals, and even hand the conductors their keys. Who is Jack? Hachi? I said A, a monkey. A, a monkey. Well, a, monkey. If you answered monkey, you are correct. You still the, the lead. lead. Fuck. <laughs> I, I I was a little fucked because I thought because when Moses said hired, I'm like, how do you hire a monkey? Yeah, but I I guess you go pay him in fucking bananas and shit. Jack was a baboon. Jumper taught Jack how to use the train signals by holding up on two, on one or two fingers, and pulling the corresponding levers. Jack also picked up things through watching jumpers, such as delivering conductor keys. As the train pulled into the station, it would set off four blasts from his whistle, signaling the conductor's need for a key. As soon as he heard the whistles, jumper would then grab the keys and slowly, haul, slowly hover, hobble over to the conductor. Jack picked up on this, and after just a few days, he would complete the task on his own. Eventually, he would operate the, railways, the railway signals on his own while under the supervision from jumper. He even became something of a local celebrity and people would come from around Cape Town just to watch the baboon operate the tracks. However, the idea of a baboon running the trains was worrisome to a few people and one concerned citizen snitched to the, strain, to the train authorities. Apparently, while many people at the management office knew Jumper had hired an assistant, the fact that it was a monkey had some, somehow slipped through the cracks. A railroad manager was immediately dispatched to the station to fire Jack and Jumper but when he arrived, Jumper pleaded for their jobs, offering for the manager to test J 
Jack the Baboon's skills. Thinking there was no way the Baboon was as competent as Jumper claimed, the manager said, okay. He instructed an engineer to sound a, train, to sound a train's whistle and watched, shocked as Jack made the correct signal changes. Apparently, Jack never looked away from the train, ensuring his work was correct. He even made Jack the Baboon an official employee, paying him 20 cents a day and half a bottle of beer each week for his work for the next nine Hell years. Hell yeah! <laughs> even more surprising, Jack the Baboon never made a mistake. After nine years on the job, Jack contracted tuberculosis and eventually passed away. His skull, however, remains at the Albany Museum in, Gra in Grahamstown, South Africa. And there are pictures of Jack the Baboon fucking with levers at the train station. What? It's a super black and white picture. Damn. Monkey see, monkey do. 20 cents a day and what? Beer? Half a, half a bottle of beer at half the end of the week. Beer. So number eight. This man was known as one of the richest and most powerful feudal lords of 15th century France, commanding an immense fortune rivaled only by monarchies. For his bravery in New Orleans, he was awarded the prestigious Marshal of France. The prestige combined with almost subhuman status of the lower class in the Middle Ages, it made it really fucking easy to kidnap his impoverished victims without raising suspicion. Who is this man? Vlad? A oh, A? Julius Caesar, B, Gilderé, C, Vlad the Impaler, or D, King Brute III. So this man was known as one of the richest and most powerful feudal lords of 15th century France, commanding an immense fortune rivaled only by monarchies. For his bravery in New Orleans, he was or in Orleans he was awarded the prestigious Marshal of France. This prestige, combined with almost unhuman status of the lower classes in the Middle Ages, it made it really fucking easy for him to kidnap his impoverished victims without raising suspicion. Who is this man? A. Julius Caesar. B. Gilderé. C. Vlad the Impaler. Or D. King Brute III. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. This man was known as one of the richest and most powerful feudal lords of 15th century France, commanding an immense fortune rivaled only by monarchies. For his bravery in Orleans, he was awarded the prestigious Marshal of France. This prestige, combined with almost subhuman status of the lower classes in the Middle Ages, it made it really fucking easy to kidnap his impoverished victims without raising any suspicion. Who is this man? A. Julius Caesar, B. Gilderé, C. Vlad the Impaler, or D. King Brute the Third. Josh, C. C. Vlad the Impaler. Achi, B. Gilderé. B. Gilderé. If you answered B. Gilderé, fuck, you are correct. I forgot he was French. Gilderé was one of France's strongest and smartest war generals that helped them turn the tide during the Hundred Year War. He fought along Joan of Arc, but after her death, he spiraled, he spiraled into what I believe to be the worst serial killer of all time. Albert Fish multiplied by hundreds. Gilderé's unrelenting torture on his victims are the stuff of nightmares. And you will learn more on our multi-part series coming up about Gilderé. 
We will learn about his upbringing, what caused his downfall, and the graphic telling of his rape and murder of hundreds of innocent children. So we're going to do a multi-part series of Gilda Race coming up pretty soon. We're almost done with it, so bear with us. So right now, Archie's in the lead. Eight, Josh six. What a surprise! We have one final riddle. Riddle takes all. Last riddle. To see if Archie's going to go undefeated. Is he going to go on a 3P? Or are you going to stop the 3P? I don't care. Just go. We'll see. I do care. Oh, God. <laughs> a husband and wife go to the grocery store and leave their three children at home. When they return, all three of the children are dead. The gardener said he was, he was tending the plants. The maid said she was making the beds, and the butler said he was putting away the groceries. Who did it? Five, four, three, two, one, zero. <laughs> Fuck! Can you, can you repeat the, All right. the whole thing again? A husband and wife go to the grocery store and leave their three children at home. When they return, all three of the children are dead. The gardener said he was tending the plants. The maid said she was making the beds, and the butler said he was putting away the groceries. Who did it? I think I got this. I'm not sure. Josh? Butler, putting away the groceries. I say butler, too. Fuck, man. We better not be right. God damn it. Josh won. Because you, you got to first dibs, bro. You got first dibs on the Oh, I think you first dibs. Holy shit. So it's <laughs> nine to eight. <laughs> and I also didn't uh, give it to you because you misspelled butler. You, you spelled bolter. Oh, bro. <laughs> Dyslexia. <laughs> God damn. So Holy Josh. Shit, I won. He won one. I, uh, I'm still in denial. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fuck the new Konami rules. <laughs> <laughs> but Holy good shit. shit. Good shit. Pardon me. I was tired of winning. Wow. Well, well, at least you wow. disrupted the 3P. Wow. You disrupted okay. the 3P. Okay. I feel like this is a Warriors Cavs thing going on. But he could have 3P'd and you ruined it. Tired of winning, huh? Same cool. feeling I feel when dueling, bro. Oh, oh yeah. We're yeah. shooting. Shots yeah. fired. Tired of winning on that shit, too, bro. Update your deck, bro. Mm -hmm. Shots fired. Well, we can't I say like anything since we haven't fucking played in Coleman. It's been what? Months? Yeah. We should, we should really get something for these fucking episodes, like a belt or something. Go to Frankenstein's and buy like a weird, a cheap wrestling belt so the winner wears it. And you get lose it. Actually, when you lose it, you, have, you actually have to give it to somebody. I'm down. I'm down for it. Or just or a fucking crown. Yeah. A crown? A crown. We got a plastic crown somewhere around here. <laughs> Alright, so Josh is the winner for today's roundtable yeah. episode. Do you have anything safe to you? Actually, suck my dick. <laughs> suck my dick. Oh, shit. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of hate the fact that I won by a bonus riddle three plus points. And after you I were shitting, shitting, on that, shitting on that, um, I'm kind of glad I... Okay. But a win's a win. You won. Yeah, it's it like winning, by, winning from a free throw. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add before we end the episode? You want to say anything to your to your fans now that you're a winner? <clears throat> Thank you for all the support. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of you thought I was a dumbass, but look at me now. 
<laughs> look at me out. Look, tears of joy. All right. For those who doubted me, thank you again. Big motivator. Um, and uh, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Bro, if just kidding. I love you all. So before we end the episode, I was going to say, um, you guys do us a favor. Add us on Instagram at Weird History Tales Pod. That's where we post pictures and videos and things of that nature. We're going to post some of these pictures. I'm going to post that Jack Baboon picture on our Instagram so you can see what that's going on. You can see little previews and trailers on our Instagram. And if you guys can, please comment. Please com- please rate and comment on iTunes. That really helps uh, the show grow. Uh, especially for a little show like us because the more people comment, the more people like, the more exposure we get in the charts and things of that nature. And like I mentioned earlier, we are going to be doing these multi-part series on these huge topics that we don't want to fuck things up so we're kind of going over everything. One of the first ones we're going to do is Gil Ray. That's going to be a between four and five parter. They, they're going to take a little while for us to get things together because one of the reasons why we took this week off is because everyone's schedule is kind of hectic, especially this time around the year. Archie's a full-time st- he's a teacher and right now is winter break, has to get shit done. My brother's a full-time student, so he's trying to get his finals done and everything. And um, actually, right now, Archie has to get the fuck out of here because he has a field trip in like 30, what, like, like an hour? You have to like leave? an hour. We gotta go. He has to take his students to go to UC, UCLA? UCLA and go watch a performance. Because Archie's a music teacher. It's gonna be fun. So, thank you guys. Thank you for bearing with us. That's why our Instagram this week has been kind of dead because we've just been stupid busy. If you guys haven't noticed by hearing, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting over a cold. I'm still a little nasally, but but we're getting better. And uh, these hopefully there might be one episode before the Gilda Ray episode. We're still not sure yet, but we'll let you guys know. If you guys want to know, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, Weird okay. history, eerie tales pod. And if we have nothing else to add. Thank you so much, and as always, we are the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast.